0: Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host and I'm very excited to be joined, as always, by my co-host and partner in crime. He is the Fulham Flyer. He is the Shawangunk Express. He is the Liz Canty to my Liz Lemon. Phil Vondra, welcome back to
1: The Pain Cave. So good to be here. Favorite time of year. It's the U- U- Roy rankings, pickings. I mean, what, you know, so much pressure. I can't even, I can't, I don't know what to do with myself. It's like, it's just make or break, you know, people's careers here. <laughs> you know, this a short this podcast time of year, is make or break. This time of We're year, for some people, people it, means,
0: it means snow. For some people, it means mistletoe. And decorating <laughs> the Christmas tree, for us, it means sitting down with a list of athletes and results and poring over the ultra runner of the year ballot. Uh, yeah. I could not think of a better way to spend it. I couldn't think of a better time. Uh, Group of people to spend this with, Phil, we're very excited to join, or to be joined once again by our good friend uh, and returning guest on the pod for, I don't even know how many times he's been on now, but coming back again to do the Ultra Runner of the Year ballot for 2021. Please welcome back Jason Mintz. Mintz, welcome back
2: into the pain cave.
1: Good to be here.
2: I love it. This is my favorite discussion of the year. I'm still waiting yeah, for my I don't name
1: know why he keeps coming away. back, but uh, anyway. Despite our, yeah. despite our best efforts. Yeah, I mean, I kind of had some respect for him for a while, and he just kept coming back on our podcast, like...
2: kind of (laughs) last time during COVID.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It's the only reason, right?
0: (laughs) So not only is this our annual Ultra Runner of the Year episode, our annual season-ending episode, but it is also, Phil, a very special episode because it is our 100th episode on this show. Not yours, but this is the 100th episode of The Pain Cave. I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate it than what we're about to do so here's to 100 episodes what are we drinking tonight phil before
1: we start our our ballots well i kind of decided that next year i want to be on this list of runners so i'm having a waterloo lemon and lime salsa. oh god because the training starts here you're not going to make it on this list you're reading out these names i want to be reading out jason Mintz, jason friedman next year (laughs) And you two chugging beers, disrespecting your bodies, you're not going to be on that list. You want to have a Waterloo lemon and lime, then you're going to be on the list, all right? All right.
0: Mince, I may be in the, in the market for a new co-host here pretty soon. Uh, so, Phil, you're going to be good. I'm going to actually celebrate our 100th anniversary with the last of my heady topper. So I'm going to nice, crack that wide nice. open. Mince, what do you got going tonight?
2: I've got a uh, double IPA from Definitive Brewing out of Boston. It's uh, new to me, but it's pretty good. Nice. So. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Oh, cheers. cheers yeah. is. I'm a little jealous seeing that.
0: It's the last one. Ooh, that's so good. I forgot how good they are. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Let's get into it. I can't wait. I, I've been I've been excited for the last several days to to dig into this list with you guys. I'm going to show you just here. This is just for the just for the women. This is how it starts. That's that's the first. Uh, that's that's round one where I just go through, and then here's round wow. two where you start comparing, and then this is round three. I, it's it's quite a project, but wow. You know, we were just saying before we we were just saying before we came online how you know I found this year for the men actually to be not only easier than the women, but I think easier than in the past. Do we want to start with the men this year since they were, I think, a little bit more straightforward and then maybe we'll do the women second? Or how do you guys want to do it?
2: That works for me.
1: Okay. Totally fine, yeah, sounds good.
2: Have, have so you what submitted we're... your vote yet, Jay? Are yeah.
0: your votes already in? No, so the vote is due, uh, by the time people <laughs> hear this, yes, the vote will probably have gone in. Right, as of right now, the vote is due in two days time. So okay. which is, is kind of why I wanted to to record with you guys so that I could kind of see what the group think is. And do I need to make any adjustments to where I put Camille, especially because I at this point, <laughs> I have given up trying to think objectively about Camille. I, there's too much emotion tied up into Camille. We'll get into that. So <laughs> <laughs> I already got into
1: that. Oh, no.
0: <laughs> I just I have I have so many thoughts I, I can't wait I can't wait to get to I can't wait to get to that section so but yeah let's let's start with the men. so what we're doing again we're voting on the ultra runner of the year for folks who are unfamiliar which I can't imagine is too many of our listeners out there but for folks who are unfamiliar this is an annual award that is given out by ultra running magazine has been given out for at least the past 30 or 40 years. And what we're asked to do is to vote for our top 10 men and women, as well as our top five male and female performances of the year. And so that's what we're going to do. There's also a category for the uh, kind of age group performances of the year, which is for runners, excuse me, 50 and older. We're not going to get into that tonight, but uh, you can look for that in Ultra Running Magazine in, I believe, the January-February issue when this comes out. So just a couple of ground rules. This is for North American runners only. You know, it can be North American runners based overseas, but they have to be, you know, from North America, obviously. Uh, Or it can be folks who were born overseas and now live uh, in in these parts, such as, for example, Ellie Greenwood or Ian Sharman, who have both been on this list in the past. So but those are the rules. There's no, you know, no Francois, no (laughs) Killian, no Beth Pascal, nothing like that. Uh, Other rules. No FKTs. There is a separate category for FKT of the year. FKTs are not allowed to be taken into consideration for performances for Ultron of the Year or Performance of the Year. Uh, they cannot be used to buttress somebody's resume. Uh, they have to be recognized separately. That's that's the rules that have been established. And then there are some general guidelines. You know, generally the 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 folks in charge, particularly John Mettinger, he wants to remind us that we should be you know, in most cases, rewarding head-to-head performance, folks who have sought out top flight competition and performed well, as opposed to just time trial type events. Although, you know, the, the beauty of the sport is that it's a big tent and we can make room for all sorts of different performances, but that is generally where the bias is, uh, they hope that the bias lies. Uh, but again, we can all kind of make our own decisions uh, in, the, in that way. So uh, having said that, let's get into it. And we're going to start with the men. We're going to start with the ultra runner of the year. We'll go in reverse order from 10 down to one. And then maybe after we'll do some uh, snubs or people that we thought, you know, we might have considered and, and, and wound up leaving off. Phil, do you want to get us started? Who is your number 10 men's ultra runner of the year? All right. Number 10 for me is Adam Peterman. Adam Peterman is also my number 10.
1: Take us through his resume, Phil wow what a what a start well he won a a small race in uh, down in um uh wherever it is the jfk 50 mile <laughs> he won that and he uh i do believe he won the uh speedgoat 50k is that correct he did in course record time being course record time because he's got some wheels
2: what?
1: uh fast and you know the speedgoat is obviously a very technical course uh, although you know, pretty short, just at fifty k, and the JFK is pretty non-technical. though. the number of people that seem to hurt themselves on the AT section of that that thing <laughs> is amazing. But I guess that's what happens if you run in a pair of night cheese issues. But anyway, I thought you know, only really two races, but very you know, and he was he was very close, was the second or third fastest time on the course at JFK. Um, you know, so yeah, number ten. I agree. Yeah. He right. Only the two, Solid. only the two races, but two very
0: impressive performances that I yeah. had both in my top ten performances of the year. Actually, breaking and competitive
1: races. Yes, you know, highly competitive
0: else. races. Breaking Jim's course record at Speedgoat, becoming I think only the second person in the last several years to break a Jim record, and then just missing Hayden's course record set last year at JFK under Jim's previous record. So he's now run faster than Jim twice in one year. On two, as you said, very difficult courses, there were a lot of guys kind of, for me, in contention for this tenth spot who had like two or three really high level performances and and that was kind of it. And so when you were con- when I was considering who was going to get the tenth spot and picking among these guys for, among the people who had like, like I said, two or three performances, his were the top two that stood out. And like I said, they were they were both in the top ten performances of the year
2: for me. Mintz, is Peterman on your list at all? Peterman was my first snub. Okay. And uh, I'll tell you why. He was my snub because he didn't race over 50 miles. He never resulted over 50 miles. And that's the only reason. Yeah. I mean, his, his yeah. performance, awesome. they, they were awesome. Uh, I had him on. I had took him off. I put him back on, took him off again. And it, and it is just because he didn't race, uh, you know, he didn't race 100K. He didn't race 100 miles. Yep. Uh, his two races, were. I mean, they were awesome. Those results were impressive.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we're all... Kind of in in agreement there. Mintz, who was your number 10?
2: I had Anthony Costales as my number 10. Um, He had a good performance at Moab. I didn't think we were
1: getting to the snub yet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He won canyons and he was uh, second at Run Rabbit Run. So, you know, he had uh, 50, he had, you know, basically a 50K. He had 100K and he had 100 miler in there. Um, So that's why he edged out Peterman for me.
0: Phil, you're going to be thrilled. I actually had Anthony Costales significantly higher. Um, oh, yeah, so, I do as well. Oh, you do? Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, a good resume. We'll get to him again in a little while. I want to get into him a little bit more because I, I had a, a tough choice with him for exactly where he would wind on the list. So yeah. that's our 10s. That's our Mintz, why don't you give us number nine?
2: Sure. Uh, number nine, I had Drew Holman. He had a the Tillamook 50, which was a race I'm not super familiar with, but it looked like it was pretty competitive. Uh, he only came in second there. I mean, only second, you know? <laughs> a good time and a good performance Uh, what you
1: mean is he was the first loser (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) third at states uh and then his only other performance that i saw that was kind of notable to me was the mount tam 50k he came in second there also um so again a variety of distances he went 50k 50 miles 100 miles um pretty good results obviously a great result at states so that kind of a ninth for me
0: yeah, he um, he didn't race after states. He actually wound up hospitalized, I think, with a, a pretty bad case of rhabdomyolysis. So, ha- has been kind of slowly working his way back from what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. He was he was in kind of that range of kind of ten to eighteen or so for me, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of just just beyond the top ten, top fifteen. Uh, again, yeah, a couple great performances, uh, but not mm-hmm. not quite enough to make my list. If he, again, if he had been able to race the second half of the year, I'm sure he would yeah. have been on there for me. Phil, number nine. Number nine for me is
1: uh, Cody Lind, Um, second place at Bandera, fourth place at States, second place at American River. Um, Like, you know, he raced across a bunch of distances. Decent results, fourth place at States is, you know, is uh, is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, You know, second place at Bandera um, and, you know, American River as well is pretty competitive uh so yeah he 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 slots in there in ninth place for me i actually had cody a little bit higher as well
0: um Same. as you said fourth fourth at western states uh you know that's that's a very 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 solid result uh and you combine that with the second and Bandera, second at american river you know he I, I did ding him a little bit in in where he to, you know completely wound up just because he didn't have any wins on the year but uh just very solid as you said across a variety of distances and um I, i'll i'll come to him in a little bit My ninth place, uh, who did I have in ninth? Ninth place for me was someone who, when I sat down to make the list, I was not expecting to land on there. But then, you know, digging through the, the stats, it's pretty hard to keep off, obviously. I went with David Sinclair from California, who put together one of the kind of longer resumes of the year in a year where most of the top guys really only had two, three, maybe four results. Dave Sinclair had five really very good results including four wins in a second. Um, I'll run through it here in the order that I kind of said from most to least important, Uh, the win at formidable uh, over a very strong field, Uh, second place at speed goat to, as we, as we already talked about Adam Peterman's course record there. Uh, He was first at Mount Tam in course record time first at silver state 50 in course record time. And he won ragged mountain fill in some very tough conditions. You were there. You can attest to how difficult that, that course was on that day. So yeah. uh, Very uh, hummusical. Yeah. So, uh, you know, didn't didn't race a ton of different distances, but uh, four wins in a second against some pretty good competition with two course records. And, you know, his one non winning performance was, again, second to one of my top 10 performances of the year. So that slotted him in there for me. Anyone else have him on their list? I, he was the one who I thought I might get a little flack for.
2: He was also just off the list for me. Yeah. I kind of had him at like 10 to 12 range. Mm-hmm.
1: But... Yeah, he, he was nowhere near any of my list. OK.
0: Number eight, eighth spot in Ultra Runner of the Year for the men. Phil, who do you got?
1: Me, I've got uh, Michael Dubova.
0: Right, so he was me. in he he was in uh, consideration for me, and
1: again in that fifteen or so range. Mm-hmm. So he was second at Old Dominion, and that's it's a reasonably solid, you know, race. He won the Barclay Full Classic, and he won the Hellgate Hundred K and broke the course record. Um, and that's a fairly competitive race. Um, I mean, just, you know, three, three major kind of races there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah.
0: Hellgate's a good, you know, very historic race, usually pretty competitive, um, usually in pretty difficult conditions. I think it's a midnight start there, which is very cool. Yes. Um, And often
1: it can be below freezing, right?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's December in, in the mountains in Virginia. Um, yeah. You know, the Barkley Fall Classic, I don't know how to rate that. I mean, it's cool and all, um, but uh, I mean, you know, I'm not sure who he's beating there. Like, you know, Michael Dubov is a really good runner. I don't know that he should not have won the Barkley Fall Classic if he's going to go there. Right. But uh, yeah, the Hellgate, and I think that might have been his second Hellgate win. Uh, Definitely a good year for him, and we just talked about him last week because he he got into Western States, I think, and he's going to do quite well there, I think.
1: Yep, that's right. Yep, He uh, he was one of the picked out of the lottery, right? Yes, yes. Mince, your
0: 8th place Ultron of the year.
2: Yeah, I, I left Dubov off. He, he did come up in my consideration. I had him around 15. I think he actually beat, if I, if I saw the results right, maybe Mario Mendoza at Hellgate. So pretty he uh, did, yeah. pretty pretty impressive. But I did end up leaving him off. Um, I wasn't sure about this one. This one's a little bit out of my wheelhouse. But I did have Olivier uh, LeBlanc there. Um, he right. ran. He was first at Old Dominion. He beat, he beat Dubov by about a minute, I believe. It must have been a pretty exciting finish. Um, he ran a 219, just under 220 miles for a 48 hour. And then later in the year, another 201 miles for a 48 hour. Um, and I think those were his, his major results for the year. You know, I wasn't sure about that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I think those distances and, and timed races like that are a little bit out of my, uh, area of expertise, but I, I did have Olivia there. Um, so yeah, he, he was kind of, you know, I had, like I said, I considered Peterman. DeBova was on my short list there. Kind of. Um, I know we'll go into the other snubs later, but um, yeah, I ended up s- slating Olivier there.
0: So I didn't have Olivier really in consideration this year. Not not to denigrate any of those performances, which were solid. But you know, I think he would even admit that, especially that second one that you referenced was kind of a yeah. disappointment to him. The forty eight hour where, right? He ran two hundred one miles, and I think about thirty. Three hours right. or something. I mean, he he was right. he was really moving along, but yeah. and and to to my eyes, you know, watching from the outside, obviously just tracking the distances, he looked like he was well on pace to to break his American record, even if he had slowed down quite a bit. But it sounds like he just didn't have it on the day, uh, you know. Right, o, Old Dominion, a, a very solid win again, beating Debova, which is is a, a nice feather in his cap, but. Um, you know, I just didn't didn't quite have it for me this year, as opposed to some of the other years where he's really. I mean, you know, with with no World Championships this year to kind of uh, aim towards it, that was a little um, a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it just for me it just wasn't really his year. Eighth place for me is somebody that I, my suspicion is you guys are going to have a little higher. And initially, I had thought was kind of a top five lock, um, but when I dug a little bit deeper, I I just dropped him down a little bit, and that's Hayden Hawks. Do you guys have him higher up? Barely. Um, I don't
1: even have him on my list. You don't have him at all. Okay. Yeah. No. So
0: I had him in eighth, and like I said, looking looking initially, I was just like, yeah, Hayden's an automatic and probably in the top five. Uh, but but you know, unfortunately for Hayden, his his two highest profile races of the year where didn't didn't go quite as well as 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 we might have hoped. You know, eleventh at Western States, a very good showing, but uh, you know, a, a little bit I would think disappointing after he really struggled home in the last twenty miles after pushing yeah. Jim over the first half of the race um, did have a really solid win at nine trails did come in fifth at OCC which was I think a really nice way to cap off this season three wins at some smaller 50ks uh, Zion Bryce and uh, Red Mountain so really a good a good year I may be downgrading him a little bit but you know I think pretty much everyone on the list that I have in front of him either beat him at Western States or has a, another really high profile result that that kind of outshines the fifth at OCC which while, while very good is still probably the third or fourth most competitive race at UTMB week so that that's why I had him in there. Mitch you had him a little bit higher?
2: Yeah, I had him seventh. You so. had him
0: seventh okay so yeah anything to add to um to, to the resume you on Hayden?
2: Know, I, I mean I actually you know I was with Phil I considered him all the way from seventh to off the list um,
1: yeah I mean for me he probably like about twelfth I'd say Okay. just did like eleventh at states it's a bit of a disappointment for him None of those other races are that big. I mean, OCC is, like, reasonably big, but it's still a sideshow out at UTMB, you know. Um, although I know that type of runner, you know, like that kind of fast... I mean, there's some some really good people in that that kind of area. But, yeah, it just didn't really... There was nothing out there that really could kind of hang, hang your hat on and be like, yeah, he really threw down. Like, there's one real solid one, a couple of half-decent ones. That's why he's going to get in the top 10. To me, he was, like... Kind of eleven to fourteen area. Yeah, yeah. Just, the, the resume
0: just didn't like you're saying yeah. it just didn't pop as much as you would have hoped. Yeah. Right, there was nothing really that blew you out of the water. Um, yeah. So I'm yeah. I think we're we're all kind of saying similar things. So Phil, who did you have in seventh? Then Mince had Hayden. Who did you have seventh? Uh, I have Nick Curry. Oh wow, I had Nick a lot higher. Okay. I um,
2: do higher. Not much higher. So. Okay. Okay. He's,
1: yeah. He's. Versa, he's done, he's done, he's had a good year. He's versatile across distances. Um, and obviously, you know, threw down an American uh, 24-hour record. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, the other races, like third at Black Canyon, fourth at Run Rabbit. Yeah. You know, um, solid, but just not enough there, you know, to kind of get higher than seventh for me. I mean, maybe you could have been up one, maybe you could have been six, but... I don't know, six to seven. Like he, he he fit in seventh place for me. Wow. Seemed, okay. Right. I have him
0: significantly higher. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where did you have him? Out of curiosity. I had him in
2: fifth. You had so. him fifth.
0: Okay. Uh, I have him even even higher than that. Okay. So yeah, let's let's talk about him a little bit more when we when we get there. So seventh, Nick, for you. You had Hayden. I had... Who did I have in seventh? So seventh, I had a a very close battle, and I could go either way for sixth and seventh between two people we have already mentioned, uh, Anthony Costales and Cody Cody Lind. To me, I, I was... The, the way that I, and we've, we've been through their their resumes a little bit. I'll, I'll just do it again. Anthony Costales, uh, first at Canyon, second at Run Rabbit, first at Moab Red Hot, and uh, first at Behind the Rocks. Three wins out of four races and a second at, at um, Run Rabbit. You know, I think Cody's fourth place finish at Western States probably trumps all of those. And I, I would say his second at Bandera is pretty close in, in quality to, to Anthony's win at Canyons. The second at AR50 is probably not quite as good as Anthony's second at Run Rabbit. So, you know, they're very, very close. Uh, I was t- I was leaning towards giving it to Cody for sixth and Anthony Costales for seventh, mostly because of Cody's fourth place finish at Western States. But then I felt silly, kind of rewarding Cody over Tony after Tony had three wins and Cody didn't Cody didn't win any races this year. Yeah. So yeah. You know, because of that last point that I made, I was I was kind of settling on Cody Lind in seventh and Anthony in sixth. Unless anyone has uh, something else that they can kind of bring up there.
2: I don't. I have Cody sixth, so I'm I'm right there with your thinking. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Good. So you have Cody sixth. Have, I'm going to put Cody in seventh and Tony in sixth. Phil, who do you have in sixth then? Um, I have Jeff Browning. Oh my! <laughs> Remember him? He, yeah, I was gonna. I was prepared to have a little bit of a, you know, a little a little bit of a raise of glass to some of the old folks uh, who left the list and and you know may not catch back up for you know a few years after these young bucks move in. I, w- I thought we were gonna kind of uh, pour out a little bit for Jeff and
1: Ian and some of these other guys, but go on. Right off the old guy, he he won <laughs> three hundred mile races this year. It's pretty good, and finished fifth at Hard Rock. Um you know, so he won blood rock, the and monster and Zion, and he was fifth at hard rock. That's not bad for a fifty year old dude that's you know that's like for anyone that's a good year like and he's had you know and they're they're decent races. Zion's a decent race, the and monster is good. I don't know a ton about blood rock Fifth at hard rock I mean you know you've got Francois up there, you've got like uh, debo you know some some decent competition in that front end of that race um and i think i think he's he's at a solid yeah solid gear i mean 300 mile wins, i think is pretty good and like two of them pretty tough races you know there'll be a bit of competition there all right I, M- mince, a- mince you want to take this one or do you want
0: me to yeah. go you why, why don't you go <laughs> while i look something up and then uh and then i'll jump in
1: i'll
2: tell you what <laughs> i had browning on my first list i did he he was at the tail end of my first list and then i kind of You know went through the rest of the names went through brown you had an
1: awakening, and you're like what on earth am i (laughs) yeah i mean
2: race ran in that that really i thought was more competitive was hard rock and he was fifth there i I mean zion's a tough race but i I don't know if it brings in like tough competition i I just didn't see it there so i ended up bumping him off um so he was one of my snubs as well but i I did consider him initially right okay
0: so Yes, I, I agree exactly with with what you just said. Zion, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly think Zion might be his more impressive of of the wins, his most impressive of the wins. It, 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 of the it, wins. But, but it, right, the, you're not you're not exactly attracting the, the top of the heap. Uh, McKeon Monster, I'm sure it, it gets great reviews as a race, but had about 80 finishes this year. Bloodrock, I think, had maybe 10 or 15. I'm looking for <laughs> it right now. Blood Rock had 17 finishes. Yeah. So you know, if, if Jeff Browning is showing up at a race not named Hard Rock with 17 other runners, then yes, he should be winning that race. I, I don't know how, I don't know that that kind of burnishes his right. resume for me at all. You know, they Hard still Rock. Steve
1: Zion yeah, and McGee on Monster, sure. like two solid hundreds to win. Okay. Okay.
0: The, the Hard Rock thing, I don't, I still don't know what to make of this type of performance at Hard Rock. Uh, you know, we've talked a, a lot about this both on and off the show before. You know, I, I I think, you know, Francois's performance and Debo's performance and Ryan's performance this year were, I believe, transcendent performances historically based on the times that they were able to run, how fast they were able to push each other and that sort of thing. When you look at the field of hard rock, and this is, we've said this before, this is always the problem I have with rating hard rock, you can almost predict with a pretty high degree of accuracy, just looking at the start list, the order of the finishes, and I don't think this year was really any exception, with the possible exception of Ryan Smith, who I don't know that I would have had him third. I might have thought Jeff should have been third or fourth this year, as opposed to fifth, and I, I might have expected if anyone was going to beat him outside of you know Jim and and Francois or um sorry Francois and and Debo, you know maybe it would have been Courtney or somebody like that. So. I'm, I'm not trying to denigrate a fi- his fifth place finish there, but really he, he maybe lived up to expectations, if not even as the defending champion, disappointed a little bit or was disappointed himself, I'm sure, especially after taking a DNF at Western States to focus on defending right. his title at Hard Rock. So right. I, I don't know how how highly to rate that performance. You know, it, it's Hard Rock and, and it's a great race it's a it's a an amazing experience it's this historic event but we we say this all the time there are three people who can win that race in any given year and you know jeff might have been one of those people this year maybe uh and and really was never really in it so you know if he had been eighth would we say that's great i don't think so so i don't know that fifth necessarily is is something that that should give him a ton of credit to be on the list so i I'm not saying, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make as much fun of you, Phil, for this pick as, as I might for some others, because it, it is a solid year. And like you said, 300-mile wins in a year is nothing to sneeze at, even if one of them has six people in it. But, and and he, ran, he, he did run solidly enough at Hard Rock. But to me, right, he, he, didn't, he didn't do anything to exceed any of my expectations for him this year. If anything, when you combine it with the DNF at Western States, it was a little bit below what my expectations would have been going in. And that's why he's not on my list.
2: Yeah, that DNF is why I bounced him, why I decided to bounce him initially. It just, uh, you know, like you said, he was he dropped, so he said to focus on Hard Rock and then he came in fifth. I, I don't know, that, that takes him off for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Uh, let's move along to number five. Mince, who do you have in fifth place on your
2: list? So I had Nick Curry in fifth. I debated between fourth and fifth for him. Um, you know i think we already kind of touched on his results you'll you'll go into him more because i think you probably still have him a little bit higher mm-hmm. I, I thought he was probably a four or a five uh really impressive um i like that he ran a variety of races i mean he really uh you know hit on a few different things there uh trail 100k trail 100 mile track i mean that's that's pretty impressive right that's that's quite a variety mm-hmm. um, why he would be higher for me it just kind of uh um, I don't know. I, I still preferred some of the uh, results that I had above him, but but I thought that was really really solid. So I I could see him being higher.
0: Yeah, I had him even a little bit higher than this. Um, and and I can I can go through my reasoning there when we get there. Phil, who was your fifth place? U R O Y for the men. Fifth place for me is Anthony Costales. Okay, right, and so that's uh, similar. I had him in six, so that makes sense. And we've. Talked about him quite a bit and a very solid year. I'll be psyched for him to, uh, you know, I'll be psyched to see what his next 100 is going to be after a real. I I think Run Rabbit might have been his first 100 this year. I don't remember him being in another high-level 100 before this. And it'd be, I mean, after, honestly, after taking out Max and those guys at Canyons, and then, you know, it'd be really exciting to see him at States or something like that, especially because he seems to handle the heat very, very well with uh, multiple wins at, at Moab in the past as well. So. That would be cool to see. Fifth place for me is Tyler Green. Does anyone have Tyler on their list?
1: I yeah, he's I, fifth place for me as well. You he
0: said or... you said that Anthony was fifth
1: for you. Oh, sorry, sorry. He he's I do have him on my list. Okay, and he's fourth. Yeah. He's fourth. Okay,
0: so yeah. good. And and Mint
2: is he on your list either? Yeah, he's fourth on my list. Okay, um, you know the reason I have him ahead of Nick is because he beat Nick head to head in the one time they raced head to head. So that's that that was what. That was the only reason I flip flopped those. Okay. I do think in general, you know, like I said, I, I you know, Nick I could see him higher. I I think his performances were incredible, but the one time they went head to head, Tyler beat him. So that that's what that's what made that flip for me. That's
0: right. that's a that's a really good point that I didn't necessarily consider. So I had Nick in a group so I had Tyler fifth. I had Nick in a group among second, third and fourth that I have been going back and forth. Between two, three, and four over the last couple of days, and I'm not, you know, when we sat down for this this talk, I was leaning towards having Nick as high as second, actually. Wow. And you know, I may I, I may have I may have overrated some of this a little bit, but I'm going to take you through my reasoning. The, the way that I do this when when I start going through head-to-head competition or you know head-to-head comparisons across a number of people is I basically just rate how do I. What do I think was their top performance of the year? What do I think was their second best performance of the year? Their third best performance of the year? And then see, you know, how does their best performance rate to somebody else's best performance and that sort of thing. And, you know, when, when you get down to it, Nick has a very big advantage there because his best performance is, I think, one of the two or three best performances anyone had all year. So, you know, Tyler's second place finish at Western States is an obvious choice for his best performance. And you stack that up against Nick. And his American record at Desert Solstice, I had Nick's higher. And, right, Tyler beat him at Black Canyon. To me, th- those are their second-best performances each. It was maybe a little bit of a wash, obviously a little bit of advantage Tyler. Their third-best performances I had, Nick, was um, fourth at Run Rabbit as opposed to Tyler's third at Tillamook McBurn. Yep. To me, that's a, a slight edge to Nick. And fourth-best performance, I had Nick's 148 miles for the win at Alexander County 24-hour, which was kind of the last-chance qualifier when state when uh, world championships looked like it was still going to happen, he went there and basically just set a very solid pace. When Jacob Moss and a few other guys went out on basically record pace, and Nick just outlasted them all and wound up winning the thing by like 20 miles. Uh, that was his fourth best performance of the year. Whereas Tyler's uh, uh, was second at the, the Coyote Wall, which you know to me I'm, I'm I'm giving Nick the edge on that one too. So, and and then not to mention Nick then had still had three other wins on the year in smaller trail races at Whiskey Basin and Pass Mountain, was third at Crown King Scramble, which can get pretty competitive. Um, so that's why I had Nick a little bit higher than Tyler and even had him flirting with the top uh, top three. So for now, I'm going to slot Nick in in fourth since we've talked about him quite a bit. And, and like I said, I, I would not feel bad about even putting him up a little bit higher. Okay, so we're getting down to it. We're getting down to the top three here. And seeing as how none of these names have come up, I think we're probably gonna all have the same top three. Although, let's <laughs> yeah, see, think- let's see. Mince, why don't you give us your third place male? All right, in third, I have uh,
2: Harvey Lewis. Okay. So, uh, I, I don't know, I, we've talked about this in years past. I know you guys have talked about it. Um, you know, h- how do you rate bigs? I don't know how you rate bigs. Like, I, not- I, I don't know, what is that? It's, it's, it's extraordinary. It's definitely extraordinary what he did. You know 354 miles uh unbelievable he also won bad water yeah uh, he had a couple other good results third in a competitive strolling gym um i mean bad
1: is hard to kind of rate as well it's it's sort of yeah. in the hard rock area right it's like that's we know exactly, it's really exactly hard right. right we yeah. we you know it has a ton of respect it has a history to it but like there's not 20 people or, or 10 people fighting there's up front two, you four, know it's five. like right there are, there is a hardcore crowd of people that do that race, and they are good. You know, like the top, sort of, you know, three, four, five, male and female runners are, are like good, but you know, it just doesn't have yeah. the depth of the race. But it's still an impressive win. It's like, you know, if someone's like, "Oh, I've won Bad wars it's like, "Fuck yeah, that's like a fucking legit win." You know, yeah. although
2: pretty much I mean, everything uh, Harvey did, I, I had a tough time kind of rating it. Like the races yeah. does are a little different, uh, but you know, it's, it's so hard to say, I, like I said, I mean, there's the races are very uh, unique that he does. I think the three hundred fifty-four yeah. miles is pretty, uh, you know, kind of catches yeah. your attention. Um, I, I think he could have been anywhere between three and 10 for me. I think he deserved to be on the list. So.
1: Yeah. I think the big thing it is hard to rate as well, but like, it is a very, very impressive performance. You know, that is like, it's a big you know, a big win. Yeah,
0: I agree with everything uh, you guys said. Mince, I had Harvey uh, third as well. Um, yeah, I've
1: him third as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and,
0: and and I agree with everything you said, Phil. I think your comparison of the the way that we perceive Badwater and Hard Rock is right on. They're, they're races that yeah. are probably more appreciated for their difficulty and their historical import than as than, than as should be criteria for you know, necessarily a great year or something that when we're comparing resumes head to head like this, you know, they they probably just aren't quite as meaningful. Uh, Right. Bigs, who knows at this point. But I will say that that some of the people now who have run bigs are some of the best people in the history of the sport, including Courtney. And this
1: was... That's that's a good point, actually. I mean, that does give you a benchmark for it right right there, you
0: know. And this was miles, miles beyond anything that anyone's accomplished oh, in that sport yeah.
2: or in that, yeah. in that format. And I do think every year Biggs gains a little bit more credibility because you have more data to look at. That's exactly right. Yeah. Ordinary compared to all those other years.
1: That's exactly right. And the distances are just getting ridiculous now. I mean, yeah. like they really are, and they're going to keep getting pushed over the next two years. Yeah.
2: yeah it's Pretty anecdotal, but he looks like he could have gone a bit further. Yeah. I, yeah. I
1: mean, it didn't look like there were, like, from the
0: video feed, it didn't look like there were any cracks whatsoever. He looked like no. he could have kept going for a few more hours at least. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, this, the third at Strolling Gym, I don't think, like you said, should be overlooked, yeah. you know, especially in a competitive year. And we're, we're going to talk about that race a little bit more, I think, when we get
1: to performance of the year also. Yeah. yeah second at I Long mean, Fall, second at Superior Fall. Yep. He has some versatility as well, you know. Like, he yeah. can be fast. Yeah, he's
2: pretty fast. And he
1: can grind out these, you know, like, 354-mile backyard, you know? He's
0: also one of, one of the better 24-hour runners in yeah. certainly the country, if not the world. He's been top 10 at Worlds before. He's very versatile guy. Um, yeah. and, and by far, his career year, I think. so. Um, yeah, I mean, I had no problem
1: putting him in third, really. Yeah. I mean, just definitely had, had done enough.
0: Yep. All right. Number two. I wonder if we're gonna have the same number. 2 I'm twos. pretty sure we all have the
1: same now. Okay, let's see.
0: Phil, why don't you take us? Who's your number two? Arlen Glick. Mm-hmm. You as well, yeah. Mintz? <laughs> yeah. See, this all is right. what it's this is what we're shit. saying. This. Yeah. We're so damn good at this shit. <laughs> I, I just think. <laughs> I just think shit. that I just think the men were not that hard this year, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll take us through our list, but our lists look very, very, very similar here, um, with very few exceptions. Arlen Glick a, a fantastic year. four right. four firsts in, in hundreds, all of them in 1522 or better. Two of them yeah. under well under 14 hours. Uh, I, th- races, I thought know. his I thought his performance of the year was at Havalina 1314, very very mm-hmm. fast there and, and a very uh, sizable uh, victory margin over, over, over a good field. Uh, course record at Burning River, a, a historic course 1415 on a very hot day there. First at Umstead in 1322, first at the Mohican 100, and uh, then eighth at, at Desert Solstice this past week after being out pretty pretty quick um, and fading a little bit to 128-mile uh, finish for eighth place in the 24-hour. Second on everybody's list. And um, like I said, I, I could have had him third, fourth, depending on how, how you rate Harvey and Nick's years. But I, I think I'm pretty comfortable having him in second. Agreed. All right. So... Then first place, I guess, is pretty obvious for the what is it sixth year in a row?
2: Yep, and counting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: So one thing I didn't get a chance to do before we came online is to see who has the most Ultra Runner of the Year, you know, wins and consecutive wins in the past. Um, and maybe I can do that uh, in a minute while we transition to the women, or when we transition to the women. I know that I know that Ann Trayson has <laughs> won uh, more Ultra Runner of the Years than anyone, yeah. male or female. Uh, and I, I think it's double digits and I'd have to go back and look. But I don't know that any men have won more ultra runner of the years than this man who obviously is Jim Walmsley uh, and I suspect will be a near unanimous ultra runner of the year for, again, the fifth or sixth year in a row.
2: Scott, I'd be curious how many Scott has. I, I don't know.
0: I'm going to look this up in, in a little bit. Why, why don't I look this up and why don't you guys uh, take us through Jim's year here?
2: Yeah, Sure. His his hundred K to kind of start things off extraordinary just missed a world record kind of I think heartbreaking yeah. for all of us to watch maybe uh, felt yep. like it was kind it's of happening in right? motion as the record just barely slipped away but nevertheless uh, an American record an extraordinary performance Western states uh, you know on a very hot day takes out takes off at just a you know <laughs> extraordinary pace. I, I don't have it written in front of me. I believe he won by like an hour and a half or something. It ridiculous. was it was almost
0: exactly an hour and a half. It was an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. I
2: mean, that's like over over probably the most competitive field ever. You know, he he went yeah. by an hour and a half. It's it's yeah. out of this world. Um, you know, yeah. you had the great run the other day, at ultra trail Cape Town. I think he got lost. Still still set a course yeah. record. He did. So what yeah. What do think about Jim? He's like you know, the UTMB. It's the only mark against him, right? Like he, yeah. he just... He hasn't nailed UTMB yet. Yeah.
0: I mean, we've talked about this before. Right. Not having completely nailed UTMB is the only possible blemish on his resume that keeps him from being, I don't know, the greatest ultra runner of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if and when he gets one of those, and I say when because I'm sure he will yeah. eventually get one, and or a comrades, I think he's the the best ultra runner we've ever seen for yeah. the men. I don't think anyone's going to get to... To where Anne was uh, for the women anytime soon, but but for the men at this point, you know, I, I really think the only person you can compare him to, just for for range and longevity and just you know how much better than everyone else at, in their era he was, the, I think the only comparison is is Chorus. I mean, I, I don't know that anyone else is is on that level.
2: It's it's incredible, and in fact, you know, the only thing I would add is that. I think his States this year was even more impressive than his course record. The Times won't show it, but the conditions and the, the win margin, his States yeah. this year was
0: ridiculous. I think, I think was, you might be right. Given the difficulty of the year, this was still the fourth fastest time ever run on that course. And yeah. uh, he owns two of the other three.
2: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, by kind of kind of- an hour and a
1: half. This is huge. Yeah. I mean, like the guys, like the, probably the last 10 miles, he's just like jogging it in. Right. I mean, just you know, so far ahead. I mean, literally, he could have walked the last five miles and
0: still won. So I'm looking I mean, at the I'm looking at the previous winners of Ultra Runner of the Year. Assuming that Jim is awarded this year, that would be his fifth in a row, uh, winning in 2016, 17, 18, and 19. Obviously, no no winners announced last year uh, with the pandemic. That would be his fifth in a row. No other man has won more than four. Scott has won four, including three in a row from 03 to 05. And Tom Johnson won four in a row from 94 to 97. That's it for four-time winners. There are multiple two and three-time winners on the men's side, but that would, you know, I, if we didn't already consider Jim the greatest U.S. ultra runner of all time for the men, it certainly would uh, burnish his case. And and I think that's already a, a closed a closed case there. I don't think there's anyone who would argue otherwise. Looking at Ann, so <laughs> yeah, just to, just to close the loop on that, he's got a ways to go to catch Ann. Ann won. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and won eleven straight years from 1988 to 1998, and then again in 2001. So twelve times Ann Trayson was Ultra Runner of the Year for the women, including eleven in a row. So uh, yeah, that's not going down anytime soon. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see if Jim gets there. All right, so that's our that's our top ten men's ultra runners of the year. Why don't we go? Uh, why don't we talk uh, before we do performance of the year? Some snubs. So yeah. Our, our, our top 10 are very, very similar. I think we have seven or eight of the same people for the most part across all three lists and right. Our top five, are, our top five are almost exactly the same for all of us. So it's, it's uh it was definitely a consensus kind of year. Some snubs that uh, any of you guys thought might've deserved a spot and, and felt bad about leaving off. Well, Zach Bevin.
1: Yeah. I, you know, like it, I, I almost feel like he probably should still have been on the list, broke the course record at Strolling Gym, second at JFK. You know, like there's two very short, maybe one more result in there. Yeah, yeah. for me and then for, he's gone. You know, like right. I, I think any, any half decent result at like a decent size race he has to kind of be in the top you know, maybe around tenth, depending on what that other result was. But like yeah. if, you he know, had, if he had if he had one more result, yes,
0: I agree. Uh he was in that Category of like right, two great results. yeah um, I left him off for the same but, reason I left Peterman off. Right. So I, I was comparing him to, to Peterman and Peterman beat him head to head at JFK. And then right, you match up strolling gym course record versus uh go course record. That's a wash for me. So that's why Peterman yeah. came out on top. You know, similar kind of argument you could make for Zach Bitter, uh two yeah, very left. good yeah. sub thirteen hour wins, including a incredibly don- I think, you know, we forgot about Jackpot uh because yeah. it happened a while yeah. ago, but That was a very, very good feel. That was a lot of our top kind of road hundred guys and an incredibly hot day that saw a ton of carnage and, and Zach still ran in the, in the, you know, sub 13 hour range winning by over an hour and a half, you know, in that heat. That was a a really impressive thing. He was another kind of guy who, right. You give him one more result and and then maybe we have uh, a real, a real discussion and, and, yeah, a lot of people on this list in the same kind of kind of zone, which I think is kind of why this this year was a little bit easier for me for the men, because there were so many guys who it was just like two, maybe three really good performances. And you could say that about a lot of them. If if four of those guys had a third or fourth great performance, then this would have gotten really, really hard. But they didn't. Yeah. So it was it was really easy to look for me at a lot of these guys like um, Mark Hammond, like Reed Brewer, Zach we mentioned, both Zach's. You know, even Mario Mendoza, Adrian McDonald, the Leadville champ, who had uh, one other win, I think, but nothing else on his resume. Co- Cody Reed was in this this category as well for me. Uh, yeah, any of these guys puts up one, maybe two more results, and and then we have a really hard discussion. Without that, it it, it was a lot easier.
2: Only name I haven't heard yet that I had as my uh, as a snub also was uh, Mike McKnight, who won two two hundred milers. I think he won yeah. them about three months. Of I was just thinking
1: exactly that. You know, it's like. It's another yeah, one. It's hard to know where to put it, yeah. you know, like the 200 mile races, like, I'm, the I'm s- deep, but it's, you know, there are some good runners in that, in that, you know, area of ultra running that like longer distance stuff. Uh, but yeah. how do you really fit that in? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. I'm still,
2: no, I'm still a correct.
0: ways away from, I think, really giving those the kind of consideration that I do for a lot of these other races. For a lot yeah. of the reasons we've been yeah. talking about, I mean, Mike McKnight. The last time we had this, the last time we had this conversation, he won all three of the trail triple crown at 200s, and I don't think yeah. we mentioned him once. Um, yeah. They're a little more competitive now, but I don't know that they're that much more competitive. Uh, you know that that he belongs on, on on a list with some of these other guys.
2: That's fair. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's do uh, performances of the year. Let's do one to five. I think is is the way to do performance of the year. We will go top down, and then we can talk about some snubs. I would suspect that we all have the same number one. For me, it was Jim's American record, near world record at the Carbon X.
2: I had that as one also.
1: Phil? Uh yeah. yeah. He's uh almost breaking the world record. Yeah, uh, America Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean that was that was pretty insane. Yeah.
0: And honestly, <laughs> right. After that, it was pretty much just like, well, I guess Jim's ultra runner of the year again. That was January. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number two, I had Nick Corey
2: at Desert Solstice, the American record. So I had Jim States and, and okay. I have Nick third. And here's the reason why. Mm-hmm. In any other year, I think I would have had Nick second. And I initially wrote him in as second. But because the world record at 24 hours got broken by so much more than Nick <laughs> ran, yeah, down the spot.
1: I said and this I to when he broke out. So he's still 20 miles behind the world record. Yeah. 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 It's extraordinary, right? You know? It's, it's mind boggling. Like exactly. Yeah. The conversation we had was yep. like, it is amazing that someone's basically 20 miles ahead.
2: It's, you know, it's, it's like, insane. it's just yeah. nuts. Yeah. And like I said, I think Jim's Western States was probably more impressive than his course record. So given that and the fact that Nick's so far behind the world record that got set, you know, in pretty close proximity, I just flip flop those two. I left I left Jim's Western States off of my top five, but
0: in my top 10, not because I disagree with anything you said. I just, you know, I've been voting for I've been voting for two or three Jim performances in the top five performances of the year every year for the last few years. You know, there were a lot of great performances this year. I don't I don't you know. I, I completely agree that that 1446 may have been his best Western states when you factor in the conditions and the the what, what happened to the rest of the field and, you know, how he laid waste to, if not the most competitive field we've seen there, at, at least one of. But I don't know when. Yeah, you put it in historical context, like when people look back on it 20 years from now and they just see the time, they're just like, oh, this is. His slowest Western states win so far, you know. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I just I I bumped it down a little bit. uh, Just more more just out of a desire to recognize some other people. Totally fair. Okay, so so Mincy, you had Nick uh, number two or number three then in performance of the year. Phil, who was your number two? Number two, Harvey Lewis um, at uh, Biggs. So I had Harvey in my top five as well. I had him fourth. I was back and forth with him for third or fourth. Uh, and went, you had him fourth as well. For third for me was I, I had Bob Hearn at, at Vol State, and I could have gone either way between that, that performance and Harvey's at Biggs. Both, to me, changed the paradigm, I think, of what we have seen at either of those races before. And I, I think, you know, just what Bob was able to do unsupported there, uh, in, in those conditions. And, and I know, I know he was able to avoid some of the storms and the temps maybe weren't quite as hot as they've been in the past, but to me, that's one of the great three day performances of all time. You know, it, when you factor in, or, or even without factoring in the fact that, you know, he was supporting himself across a highway, <laughs> across the state, yeah. rather than just running laps on a track or something like that. So, uh, I had that third, I could be convinced to put Harvey third and Bob fourth, but, uh, that's, that's how I have them laid out right now. Huh. Uh, yeah, I
1: have Bob in third.
0: You had Bob third or Harvey third? Bob. Oh, you had Har- sorry. I'm I sorry. Harvey, I have Harvey as second. You had Harvey so second, fifth, Bob third. Okay. Harvey Bob. And That's then, top three. so then, did you have Nick's Nick's American record was
1: fourth? And yeah, and then after that, I have Zach Bevan as your so fifth
0: it is for me as well as Zach Strolling Jim. Yeah, Mince. What was the rest of yours?
2: So my fifth was so I had Harvey four Mm -hmm. like I said Jim States was third my fifth was Debo's Hard Rock actually Um, I I debated it I mean primarily I debated it because he didn't win right (laughs) but you know he was second to you know arguably the greatest mountain runner ever Uh, he ran an incredible time uh, broke the
1: course record
2: yeah it broke the old course record i yeah. think in 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 any other year that would have been a win his yeah performance was extraordinary
1: yeah uh, i thought about it as well actually
2: I, I, yeah I, I went with debo there i mean francois performance was it was like one of you know it was like one of jim's races it was so off the charts that like i, I almost discounted it and then looked at debo's time and and performance yeah. and it was like you know incredible
1: yeah
0: I, I had so i i went out to 10 on mine just as as i was kind of just working through this list i I had him in eighth um and and at the time that it happened i think it was uh third for me it got surpassed by a few different performances uh including nick's um and harvey's bigs obviously for me it's the it's the only performance in my top 10 of the year that was not a win
2: which is which is crazy right 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 but but
0: (laughs) yeah by the same token if you're going to recognize the top five performances of the year Uh, If you're going to recognize a non-winning performance, it really has to just completely, I think, break the mold. You know, I could see if we we were going to do top five performances of the year for the world, the second place finish when uh, Sorokin broke the world record for 24 (laughs) hours— that might be one of the top five performances of the year. I still don't can't remember the guy's name who did it and right. none, none of us will ever know, but he is now the third best twenty four hour runner of all time. Um so something yeah. like that something like that, maybe. But um We don't even know his name. Don't even know his name. Yeah, no, so I had I had Debo's uh you know, in, in eighth on my list. I had sixth we talked about Adam Peterman's uh record at Speed Goat, uh, and I had Adam Peterman again ninth at JFK for that, you know near course record and, and, again, beating Jim's time there. And then I had two more Jim performances in the top 10, Western States seventh, and I had his, his uh, course record at Cape Town in 10th.
2: You know, I jotted down a couple others. Yeah. I did have Adrian McDonald's Leadville as well. You know, right? I, I think that was just a little bit of nostalgia because he, you know, beating Matt and Tony, I think that was kind of, uh, you know, ran a good time, but, you know, didn't, didn't really compare to the other performances up there. No, not a historic performance, but a very good time.
0: Uh, and, yeah. you know, the narrative of it was awesome. Um, although, I if you want to argue, I what's that?
2: I, I never heard of him before yeah. that day. Right.
0: <laughs> but if you, and the, the thing is, if you want to argue the narrative coming out of Leadville, it was Tony. It was, it actually Good wasn't fun. Adrian. <laughs> um, and so, so uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit uh, unfortunate for him that a, a great performance got a little bit lost in the shuffle there. So, yeah. all right. Men's performances cool. of the year. Awesome. So, yeah, a lot of consensus yeah, my, there as well. My
1: fifth was Jim uh, at States.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. We skipped okay. you there. Jim at States. Right. Okay. So, yep. yeah. So we're all, we're all in similar ballparks. There go. So
1: Phil, do, do your five again then. I'm sorry. Okay. So my first was, uh, Jim Car- at Carbon X. Yep. Then it was Harvey Lewis. Yep. Then it was Bob Hearn. Yep. Then it was then it Zach. Was- What's that? Then Zach, you said? Then Zach. Yeah. And then five was Jim at, uh, his States front.
0: So Nick Corey's American record, you did not have on your top five. No, wow, okay, that's a surprise I, I okay, that's a little surprising to me I, I i don't necessarily disagree. I mean, I do disagree, but i I don't think it's crazy but um but um uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised
2: still, Would that change changed if not for Sororcan's time like if if he hadn't you know dropped that ridiculous number would would Nick be in your top five?
0: Yeah, that's a good question because he wouldn't be that much closer to the world record anyway.
2: Right, <laughs> you know, he'd still right. be
0: fifteen or sixteen miles away from what the world record was. But if we hadn't seen that world record go down this year, would that have? Changed? I mean, it's a, it's an interesting counterfactual, I guess. He doesn't know. We broke his brain. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Sorry, was that was that um, aimed at me? <laughs> yeah, we were just saying, like, if 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 you hadn't seen the world twenty four hour record go down this year, would you feel right. would you feel <laughs> differently about Nick's American record? Because if Sorokin it's hadn't run his, it, if Sorokin hadn't run this, the, the the 191, Nick still wouldn't be within shouting distance of Chorus's world record. So would you feel differently about it if that record hadn't gone down this year?
1: Possibly. Yeah. I, I just, wonder. It, it's just such a big, big difference in like, yeah. you know, like basically 20 miles. I mean, That's it's crazy. A big... It is wild. Yeah.
2: Uh, it is I don't know. wild.
1: Yeah. I think also it's the, you know, these kind of 24 hour races, like it's, it's another one that's a little bit hard to quantify. You yeah, know, it's no. like, yeah, it's a great time. I mean, a great distance. Um, but it's still 20 miles short of the world record. I mean, it's like, it's, it's not like two miles short, 20 miles, <laughs> 20 fucking miles. I mean, it's a massive, massive amount. But it's not hard to quantify. It's easy to quantify. Right. Well, it's yeah. easy to quantify, <laughs> but like, you know, you're just running around in a circle. You know, it's like there's no kind of conditions or, you know, technical terrain. Right. That's the beauty of it. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm not. I, I'm like impressed by 24-hour running, but not that impressed. <laughs> uh, I'd rather see you're hammering up states. All right. Awesome. <laughs>
0: OK, Unless, our, our also, guest on next week's pod is going to be uh, is going to be Alexander Sorokin. So I, I can't wait for you to oh. tell him how unimpressed you are.
1: Well, uh, no, I'm impressed by him.
0: <laughs> Fair. All right. Uh, I think I think I'm dreading moving on to the women. So let's let's just bite the bullet and do it, because I think this is going to oh, be yeah, not it, quite it, as going to be not quite as as straightforward as, as what we experienced with the men. Oh, boy. Okay, this was not easy by any stretch. I had, I had five that I just said, obvious, boom, you're in into the top 10. All right. And then I had for the next five spots, I had and then I had a six that I was relatively sure. Uh, and then for the for the sport, four spots after that, I had about 10 women and had no idea what to do. And it was a real bloodbath. And then I had another 10 women behind that that I just could have could have just as easily have, have mixed in. I really felt I. I did feel like it was a deeper women's list than the men's. I mean, like like we said for the men, even when we were going through snubs, we really only listed five, six, seven people. I think we're gonna have ten to twenty snubs just to talk about for the women when we're done here. So that'll be it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Okay, uh, Mince, why don't you get us started? Who is number ten for you for the women?
2: Sure, and and like you said, you know these were these were tough, especially at the back end where there was probably you know a dozen names that could have fit in. Yep. I put number ten. I have Annie Hughes who won Leadville. She won Moab. I don't know. <laughs> she ran a good time at Leadville. She ran a good time at Moab. I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's tough to compare that to others. It was an apple and oranges. You've got my of-
1: list, but I've got her. I've got her actually higher than ten.
2: There you go. So I,
0: I, I actually big- had her eleventh, so uh, she was okay. yeah. Yeah, she was she was just outside my top 10. But right, um, the win, the win at Leadville, very impressive. I actually thought her second, her second best performance I had rated out as fit was the fifth, fifth place finish at Speedgoat uh, in a a fairly um, competitive field, although not quite as competitive as it's been in the past, perhaps. Uh, The win at Moab and the win at Behind the Rocks. She took the overall win at Collegiate Peaks uh, in a field of only about 20 people. But yeah, really, really good year. Um, again, you know, these 200 mile races, I don't quite know yeah. that yeah, how that much they're worth. But, what,
2: you know, just kind of got her in the top 10 for me. I don't yeah,
0: know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. And, and she was another one like, right. A, looking uh, initially at her resume, I was like, that's a definite. And then when you dig in a little deeper, you're just like, eh, not quite there. Yeah. Not quite there for me. Yeah. Phil, who'd you have in 10th?
1: I had Maria Salty, Salty. Oh, she, well, was, no. she was. She no. won the Rocky Raccoon. Yeah, she won the won the big Big Horn, and she was ninth at Bandera. Yeah, I just figured that Rocky Raccoon and Big Horn both pretty big races. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hard disagree on this one. I had her on my long list, maybe in twenty to twenty five range. I, I have God, I can't even think of how many names I have. Above her, so I'm going to throw out a couple of names for you, Phil. Not not to not to jump uh, too far ahead on on our lists here, but I had her in, in a class of people with Casey, uh, Nicole Bitter, Mindy Kuhlman. Did you have any of these women on
1: your list? Uh, no. Casey almost made it, but she didn't make it. Yeah, I I don't. Okay. I mean. So hard. I, I don't know really much about high loan term. I think it only has like a hundred people in it. Yeah, ten states. You can't. That's pretty decent. I mean, Rocky. I think you may be reading Rocky from three
0: years ago, as opposed to Rocky now. Which you know, we right talk we talk about how much the the USATF championships count for, and maybe it's not that much. But that that race. Right. I mean, it's a race we love. I love the hell out of that race. It's one of my favorites. But, you know, that, that has taken a hit in terms of field strength w- since it gave up the USATF championships. Um, it just doesn't have the same same prestige to me. OK, so that that's a surprising one. OK. big
1: um, one's pretty, pretty big as well.
0: Yeah, but
1: again, I mean. One of like the bigger mountain hundreds in the country. It's in probably the top 10 mountain hundreds.
0: OK, I guess. I guess. I uh, I guess. All right. I don't know. I got a lot of names that I would go to before her. I'm 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 very surprised by that one. Okay. I have in 10th tenth, in tenth place I had Taylor Nowlin. Uh,
2: on my snub list. On your snub list.
0: Yeah, yeah, she was again, she was somebody who, you know, could have kind of fallen out anywhere in the in the s- 7 to 18 range probably for me. But uh, the win at Speedgoat for her was a big one. Ninth at OCC, 8th at Canyons. At Speed Goat. What's that? She was
1: 2nd at Speedgoat, wasn't she?
0: Oh, now I'm going to have to check because I have her down as a win. Um, you might be right. I mean, but...
1: She didn't really like ninth at OCC, 8th at Canyons, 2nd at Speedgoat. So her best result of the year was 2nd place in a 50K?
0: I, I I had her written down as
1: the win so you at Speedgoat. Go so I, her... I know that. Or Bighorn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is where the women's just gets really hard. Yeah. Because, I mean, she didn't really have a good result. Oh, you're right. She was second at Speedgoat. Yeah, second at speed I guess, yeah. I speed she was second at Speedgoat. Goat. I'm sorry. If I'm so, second at 50K, you're in Jay's top 10. No, no, no. You're Because I, I have her
0: written down as first at speed Goat, and that was giving me a lot of the reason to put her in the top 10. So now I have to take she her out. Right. You're, you're 100% right. She was second at Speedgoat. Okay, well... All right, so now I have to make an adjustment to my list. No, this is this is good. This is why we do this. I'm going to cross her off. Go, Annie's in. <laughs> I'm going to cross her off. Now, who? the question is, I guess it's Annie.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, the next few people on my list, I'll just tell you, uh, we can do a couple of snubs right now, and you can tell me if, if any of these be- belong ahead of Annie, was Addie Bracey, Leah Yingling, and Christina
1: Randrup. N-
2: none of that. The Addie
1: thing. Bracey and Leah uh, Yingling? Sorry, you snubbed those ones, a- Addie Bracy.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh,
1: huh. oh, they're all on your list. Well, I mean, Run Rabbit's a pretty big hundred mile. Okay, I can't, Never I can't wait to see. Big, I can't wait to see pick. who is
0: off your list. This is going to be really interesting. All right, so I'm
1: crossing <laughs> off Taylor, and I'm going to move
0: Annie in there for now.
1: I mean, she wrote the court. So hold on. So someone who came second in a fifty k, you've got ahead of Addie Bracey, who won Run Rabbit, Never Summer and was fifth at Black Canyon. She broke the course record at Never Summer. Okay.
0: I don't care about the course record at Never Summer. I'm sorry about that. And I've, I've, yeah. And I I already said, I I had Taylor higher because I thought she had one speed goat. I misread that. So thank you for correcting me. But uh, no, I I had Addy just outside the top 10. The winner at Run Rabbit was very good. Fifth at Black Canyon, very good. She DNF'd Western States, Never Summer, It's supposed to be a nice course. I I don't. I mean, you know, whatever. I I don't feel bad about having her off. I mean, I I don't feel worse about having her off than any of five or six other people. Phil is Phil is dumbfounded. He's speechless. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna slot Annie in there in tenth for now. Who do you guys have ninth? Phil, who's your ninth? Annie Hughes. Oh, okay I mean you win you win you're a big such, one like Leadville. You're such an asshole. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. No, little, and and it was it was definitely a she, good win at it. She had a good year. She had a very good year, oh, yes. We're agreeing year. with you. We're agreeing yeah. with you. Okay. Mince, who was your ninth?
2: I had Stephanie Flippin, who was a, a new name to me. Yep. She ran fourteen thirty five oh. at Jackpot. She ran fourteen oh four at Tunnel Hill. Aside from Camille, those are pretty much the fastest you know, multiple hundreds you'll see in a year, I thought. So um, she wasn't someone I knew. I I went back and looked at some of her other results. I I wasn't familiar with the name. But this year, she was someone that made it for me.
0: Yeah, she came onto the scene for for me at jackpot, where she beat a pretty solid field of of Micah Morgan and Camille and Marissa Lysak, uh, all former US 24-hour team members. And uh, yeah, and back that up with another really solid 100. She was in my kind of uh, long list of snubs in, in about the 20th range, just because, you know, only those two results, but but both yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, my ninth place finish, I had Sarah Cummings. And she was, again, all, all these folks in, in kind of that six to 10 range for me, Could you could easily convince me could be 12th, 15th, 18th, something like that, because there are plenty of other names. But Sarah, a really, really strong year with the win at JFK in a very fast time, 618, near course record there. Third at Lake Sonoma, course record at Antelope Island, uh, the overall win at Arches, and a couple of other podium finishes as well. So she she slotted in ninth for me.
2: I had her around 15. I think if Lake Sonoma were what Lake Sonoma used to be, that would probably impress me. This year was a different race.
0: That's a good point. That's an, a very good point. Phil, who's eighth?
1: Um, I've got Abby Hall. Oh, I had Abby a lot second higher at, than that. Second at CCC, second at Canyons, 14th at States. Yeah. Decent. Yeah. Abby for me, okay, I mean, ab, right. Abby for me, just Steve got. to decent. I mean, the 14th at States is a bit of a, that's why I just couldn't really go any higher. 14th is pretty, you know, average at best. Uh, you know, you really need to be in the top 10. So does that mean Camille is not on your list for this year? <laughs> oh, you know she's on my list. Okay. So, whether, whether she? So, should be or shouldn't be. So be
0: careful, you know. <laughs> be careful dealing be careful dealing in absolutes then, Phil is what I'm going to say.
1: To make this this podcast right, she has to be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you're already getting fired up. The dark side is boiling I'm, over in I'm you. I'm
0: not face. disagreeing yeah. that Camille should be on the list. I'm just saying that if if 14th means that the highest that you can place Abby Hall is eighth, then by that logic, Camille should not be on your list. I, yeah, but
1: like, <laughs> we know the weight of an American record, right?
0: <laughs> oh, no, I can't wait! I can't wait. in and I'm, his I'm, American record. I'm, I'm vibrating yeah. with excitement. I can't wait to talk about Camille. Uh, <laughs> no, I had Abby. I had Abby higher. actually when I when I went when I did my first pass th- through the list, and, and I was just like, all right, well, these five are definites. Abby was one of those five for me. Uh, again, like you said, no no wins. So it's not like she's going to be on the top step of the podium, but she she was an obvious choice for me. Yeah, I had her I had her quite a bit higher.
2: Mince, who'd you have in eighth? I had Katie Scheid in eighth. Uh, she had a good Lavorado. She had yeah. a pretty good UTMB. Um, she had a good Sierra Zanal, which you know I think doesn't really qualify for this because it's not an ultra. But uh, I think in general she had a pretty good year. I think she uh, warrants a spot on the list. I had eighth, Kate, U- I had Katie in seventh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Second. Good. Second at La Veredo is
0: that's a very, yeah. very, very good result. Uh, yeah. Eighth at UTMB, also yeah. excellent. First at the 2, which is yeah. you know not very well known, but is a big race. You know,
1: right.
0: by size yeah, of you race. don't really know was, how to,
1: fight to that one.
0: No, but I mean by size of race, it compares favorably to anything domestically, obviously. So you know you got to give it right. some credit. So uh, you know a, a very a very good year. I, yeah, I had her in seventh again. I, I could have snubbed her, but um, I, I
1: I agree somewhere somewhere in that range. I I I kind of feel bad about it. <laughs> eighth at UTMB and Laveredo, both solid. Yeah,
0: yeah. The the second at Laveredo was that that's a really top notch. That's a really yeah. top notch result. Yeah. Eighth, I'm gonna probably surprise you guys at how low she is, and I, you could maybe convince me to move her up a little bit. But I had Sabrina uh, Stanley in eighth. That's um, fair. I have
2: one, so I get it.
0: You had her Wawren at seventh. Seventh. Okay. So, oh.
2: yeah. I just snubbed her.
0: Did you really?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, good. Okay. I, th- I, <laughs> I thought for sure. i very
1: impressed that right now. but
0: No, I thought for sure you were going to yeah. have her like third or fourth. But uh, it's, it's,
1: it's a thing. It's another resume. one of these ones. Like, I mean, how do you value Hard Rock? And then like. I 100% agree. The it's, it's just, I don't know. 100% agree. And honestly,
0: I, if it wasn't for the the time that she put up at Hard Rock, I might, yes. I might've had her off the list completely. Yeah. Um, well, I do
1: have her on a different list based off that time. You know, right. I mean, she was only a minute off the record. That's exactly right.
0: Uh, yeah. Just a few minutes off the, off the longstanding course record there. And look, she did beat Courtney. I mean, I know Courtney DNF'd, but she, she took Courtney out for what that's worth. Yeah. Um, so that, that does belong on the performance of the year list. Uh, she did yeah. win crest for the crest. She was fourth at Madeira, which I think we were probably all a yeah. little bit disappointed by, but honestly, that's a good result. And yeah. and so for me that was enough to get her on there. I, I, no, I don't. I don't. For a while, I think. Right. What's
1: that? I think wasn't she in second pro armadura? Yes.
0: Yeah. She was. She was right up front. She just like didn't her.
1: close that well. I right. Think the last year's... Right. Got a, long, a
0: long year. A long year for her. Yeah. Um, but yeah. No. I I, I. 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 Like I said. I. I, I agree with you completely, Phil. Uh, again, what we've been talking about this. Uh, with Hard Rock Forever, if you look at the start list, she should have finished no worse than second, right? She was the defending champ. Perfect. If yeah. she was going to lose to anybody, it was going to be Courtney. She beat Courtney, yeah. so you give, her the, you give her the kudos there. She had the great time near course record, and, and that's why she bumps up. But right, if she runs that race an hour slower and beats Darcy by, or uh, Megan, was Darcy was second and Megan was third? I can't remember exactly, but right, if she only wins the race by an hour instead of two and a half hours, then I don't think she's even in the top 10 this year so yeah, yeah I, I don't i don't think you're wrong to have her off so mince uh sabrina was seventh for you i already said katie Shide was seventh for me so we actually had our seventh and eighth uh just flip-flopped phil's yeah. phil who did you have in seventh
1: we're gonna flip flopping i'd Stephanie flipping
0: oh good <laughs> yeah so we talked a little bit about stephanie and her breakthrough year and uh yeah it'll be really fun to see where she winds up on this list next year um because you know it sounds like she's just just about coming on uh on for real. Okay. Sixth place. This is where it's going to start getting real for me. Mince, who do you have?
2: I have Camille Six, which me you're too. probably pretty happy with.
0: I ha- um, I had her exactly in the same spot.
2: Before I even go there, I'm going to say you convinced me. I'm, I'm going to flip-flop Sabrina and, and Katie. I, I think, oh. I think you're right. Uh, right. Katie probably had a better year there, but um anyway, we covered that. Yeah. Camille, you know, she had two very good performances. Uh she had the two um i think kind of what we would expect from her almost at this point uh 1321s obviously you know fantastic i have that in the performances as well but uh you know at western state, she uh didn't do so well she did finish which was uh good but yeah i i didn't think she kind of um etched her way above that spot uh she needed another race she needed something else to to get her into the top five for me she didn't need
0: another race. She needed to finish one of her other races. Phil, yeah, Phil. Uh, okay, so I also had Camille six, and and let's just have the the Camille conversation now. Phil, why, why don't you just tell us where she <laughs> is on your list? Uh, on my list, she's
1: fourth.
2: Okay, that's all right. That's not crazy. I mean, I don't even, make should... make the
1: case for fourth. Um, I mean, admittedly, I think she did herself a lot of favors. You know, just. Uh, you know, just by breaking her stupid—sorry, uh, her amazing <laughs> record on the uh, on the track. Um, and I think she Havelina um, did her a bit of a favour. I mean, it'd be nice if she could finish a few more races; would be good. I mean, she, I guess she got the course record at Havelina. I'm going to I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you something that uh, uh, maybe surprise she you. should be like six. I think. Uh, Maybe Uh, I got a little high.
0: I think her Javelina performance was better than her race at Desert Solstice. Um, Probably so. Oh yeah, I think so. So yeah, Yeah. for me, it was the Javelina race that that propelled her into the top ten, and not the Desert Solstice. I'm going to verbalize now what I've been trying to verbalize for a a number of years on this show about why I do or don't like Camille. This has nothing to do with Camille as a person. I, I don't know Camille as a person. I've seen her and met her peripherally. Camille's online social media presence bugs the shit out of me. I, I, and, and part of what it is, I'm not even gonna say part of what it is, a lot of what it is, is this inability, what I, what I see as an inability to admit to any sort of weakness or failure or vulnerability or anything. And the desert solstice thing has just triggered me out the wazoo. Like everything that has come out of her performance at Desert Solstice is fucking driving me up a wall. If she had just come out, <laughs> it, 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 this, is a, this is like a political question. This is a framing question. This is a messaging question. Like if she comes out and just says, hey, I had a really rough day at Desert Solstice. I was really fortunate to, to run a, a, what I consider to be a good time. It's not quite what I was hoping for. It wasn't quite my capabilities. Um, I know I can run faster, but, you know, it still turned out to be a great day cool, that's great. Like, I, I don't know why she can't say that or whoever is managing her social media or her, her her online presence can't come out and say something like that. Instead, all we heard for days coming out was she accomplished her A goal. This was why she went to Desert Solstice and, and what a great performance this was. Meanwhile, when you look back a week ago, she's, ta- she's talking about how she can't wait to go after her 24-hour world record. And then three days later... She's talking about how she didn't even realize she had broken this, uh, you know, 100 mile track wor- world record until just now. So there's absolutely no way you can tell me that this was her A goal going into the race was to break this bullshit made up record where she's, you know, her world record is faster on the quote unquote trail. If I have to hear one more time about how she has the fastest trail 100 mile of all time, I'm going to lose my shit. And now she's this is her A goal was to break her own track 100 mile world record, which is 30 minutes, 40 minutes behind her trail world record. Don't I, it's the the bullshit is what gets me crazy. This is what drives me crazy. She's she's the I, I don't think it's it's an overstatement to say she is by far the best trail or sorry the best track and road ultramarathon runner of all time for the women. I mean it. And and if you want to go for the men, it's probably her and Kuros and. And uh, Bruce Fordyce. and maybe that's it. Like that could be the whole list, right? I, I <laughs> just <laughs> let, let us let us appreciate you, Camille.
1: He's still there. <laughs> so just checking in on Mints, make sure he's still there. <laughs> and yes, I guess he just wandered off to do some stuff around the house.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, it's okay. Okay, I, th- I think I'm done. I done. think I'm done. Okay,
1: take a breath, breathe.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's just, it's, it's this, that, that's what it is for me. And, and, and honestly, and only part of this in this specific instance is, is her fault, I'm going to say. I think when we're, when we're sitting down and making these lists and looking at these results, to me, a lot of this also is the problem with Desert Solstice, which is it can't decide if it's a 24-hour race or a 100-mile race. And, yeah. uh, and and now, you know, I have lists for who won the 100-mile division and who won the 24-hour division and, and this yep. and that. And that's a problem. Like, if, if we're supposed to consider yep. this in a, in a list where we're ranking head-to-head competition and everything else, if there's a race where really 20 people are lining up on the start line and you don't know who's in what race and they're not going to tell you until they decide whether or not they're con- going to continue after 100 miles, that's a problem. Like, that's a problem for, for this list and, and for... Just the, the perception of that race for me as, you know, if it wants to be the de facto, the be all end all of 24 hour running in the U.S., which, yeah. you know, it probably does and it probably should be. But if you're going to do that, then you can't. I don't think you can you can also try and hold up these like these halfway. Not that these records shouldn't be appreciated, but I don't it's hard for me to celebrate the, these hundred mile wins or whatever it is. In, in a race that should be 24 hours. Uh, to me, it, it, I think you need to either pick what you are, or if, if I'm going to consider this 100-mile placement, like if you were second in the 100-mile at Desert Solstice, then you need, to go, you need to tell me going in that you're going for 100 miles and not 24 hours. That's, that's my, my second rant of, of the night regarding that.
2: i'll I'll back that second rant i remember when i was you know not to go backwards but i was looking through the guys results and i think arlen glick is probably second either way but when i saw his 1327 at desert solstice i'm kind of like well you know what's what's 1327 at desert solstice like what is that i I don't know is that was that a 100 mile race was that en route to a 24 hour like in route to a 24 hour it's pretty fast it's a 100 mile on its own it's okay you know it's good it's obviously good it's faster than i can run by a whole lot but like, what, what is it? I don't know. So I agree with you completely about Desert Solstice. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Um, so,
0: okay, so Mince, you and I had Camille in sixth. Uh, I feel fairly comfortable with her there. Phil, you had her fourth. Like I said, it's a little high for me, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah you... I
1: probably should actually... I might, I might move her to fifth. You want to actually. move her to fifth.
0: Okay, that's fine. I'll make that adjustment uh, here. Who do you have in sixth? Katie Asmuth. Okay. Yep. I had her a little bit higher. Let me find Katie's resume here so we can talk about her a little bit. My number one performance for Katie was obviously the fifth place finish at Western States. She also yeah. won Bandera, third at Ultra Trail Huracana, and uh, first overall at McDonald Forest. Is well, or not overall first woman at, at McDonald Forest, which is a uh, you know a smaller race, but still 250 finishers. So um, a really really solid year. I, yeah, I had her up uh, a little bit higher. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Okay, very good. Uh, so Phil, we're going to have Camille in fifth for you uh mince where does that leave us for you and your fifth ultra runner of the year for women
2: yeah i have abby hall fifth um we talked about her a little bit earlier she had the great ccc she had a very good canyons uh i bumped her down that far because of 14th at western states was kind of a probably a little bit of a disappointment for her so two very good results a third okay result uh fifth place for me okay cool fifth
0: place for me i had keely henninger And let me grab her resume here. Uh, Ninth at Western States, first at Lake Sonoma, and uh, first at the Peterson Ridge Rumble in a course record time, beating a 13-year-old Kami Semik course record there. So, you know, just another solid year from Keeley Henninger, who just seems to do this every single year, gives us somewhere between three and six really top-level results, and uh, I I feel like never really gets her due.
2: She was my first out. Again, I'm going to go back. I said earlier, Lake Sonoma wasn't the same – race that it has been in years past. She did run a very good time though. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I went back and forth on it. Wasn't a competitive enough field uh, for me to, to justify that kind of placement. That's fair. I don't know. All
0: right. Mintz, who'd you have fourth?
2: Fourth, I have, I have Katie Asmuth. So we talked about her a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, I would almost argue that her bandera was probably as good as her Western States performance kind of in a relative sense. I don't know. I, obviously fifth is kind of the big show very good um she had a good third race too uh you know maybe even could have justified being a little higher up on the list but yeah a solid fourth for me
0: yes i had her slightly higher i had abby hall in fourth we've talked about her at length already so i won't belabor that
1: phil who did you have in fourth um i had rachel spaulding she won the uh, hellgate the old dominion and the terrapin mountain yeah she broke the course record at uh at hellgate and she did broken arrow, but she was only tenth there. Well, if we've learned anything from this
0: podcast, it's that Phil really, really respects the Hellgate One Hundred. Why have you not run this race yet, Phil?
1: This is like this it looks starts like it's at midnight, and that's my bedtime. <laughs> 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 I've do any races that start at night.
0: Uh, yeah, so she for me fell into who was who was the other person that oh she was in the in the same kind of range as Maria Silty for me in that kind of twenty five ish to thirtieth range. Yeah, some good performances. I don't know that those are really moving the needle when you're talking about the the top competition, for me, at least. Uh, is she, she's not on your list, I assume, Mint.
2: She is not, yeah.
0: no. Okay. All right. We're on the podium now. Top threes. Who do we got? Phil, who's your third place woman?
1: Uh, that's a really good question, actually. Um, <laughs> my list got a bit discombobulated here. Um, Brittany Peterson. Okay. Yep.
2: Same.
0: You had her in third as well. I had her second, actually, on my list. Okay. Um, Yeah, Brittany, just another fantastic year. Fourth at Western States, backing up her her runner-up finish from 2019. First at Black Canyon, second to Camille at Javelina in, again, what I thought was Camille's best performance of the year. Did you guys ding her a little bit for DNFing at UTMB?
2: I did.
1: Yeah, I mean- Only
2: difference between two and three, though. I, I mean, I dropped her a spot.
0: I, I, I think that's fair. The, the I guess the only thing that I would say in her defense is that the three women at UTMB, uh, the three women at Western States that beat her all also DNF'd at UTMB for whatever that's worth. But uh, yeah, no, a, a great year for her. Um, I had uh, Katie Asmes in third, so we've already talked about her at length. We don't have to belabor that point. Number two, Mintz, who do you got?
2: Sure, I have Marissa Le- Le- Lezak at uh, two. Um... I, you know i wasn't sure where to put her she had some of those races that kind of don't fit into a neat box she had a uh, pretty decent time at desert solstice uh her 48 hour and 220 miles just about right there with uh gosh i believe it was harvey but i'm not no it was olivier uh that yeah 220 miles that kind of bumped her up there for me fourth at spartathlon she had a good run at jackpot um it was kind of an apple little oranges thing with her and Brittany. I couldn't decide which way to go with them. I ended up putting Marissa first. Uh, I, I could be convinced either way, though.
0: Yeah. I, she was somebody who, when I sat down to make the list, I was convinced would be in the top five. And I actually wound up with her outside the top 10. And, you know, what I probably should have done was talk to Steeltown Runner and said, how good is that fourth place finish at Spartathlon? Because that,
1: that's the thing for me as well. Is, I, I have her a second, but it's only based on Spartathlon because I do think that fourth is actually very good. I, like, but the other stuff is hard to quantify. But Spartathlon's big race, you know, I mean.
0: Right. And, and it was on the strength of that, that I was prepared to put her in the top five, just basically blindly. I, and then when I thought about it, I, I kind of feel like she's been in the top five to 10 before. I don't know that this was necessarily a, a huge breakthrough performance there. And I, I I may need to go back and make some changes because before I submit the ballot, I, I'm going to talk to Paul. And, and if that fourth place finish is really as good as we think it is, then she does I 100% agree deserve to be in the top 10 and probably in the top five. and And like I said, my instinct was to put it in there. But... Uh, than when I when I was kind of thinking, and I should have just looked it up, but when I was thinking about it, I, I kind of thought that that maybe it wasn't. And, and the rest of her year was, like you said, mince uh, a little bit hard to quantify. The the 220 mile 48 hour is very very good, but she ran a much better 48 hour last year when she broke the American record. And you know her Javelina or not Javelina, her jackpot race was good, but also was uh, you know behind Stephanie and and Camille and and I think Michael Morgan as well. So, sure. yeah. She had um,
2: four solid results, though, which which some of the other people didn't have. She had four solid results in yep. four competitive races. Yeah. So that was my there. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, you take
1: something like Desert Solstice, I mean, you know, sure, she didn't maybe throw down a, a great distance or whatever, but she won it. You know, so now with these races, it's like, you know, she went there Sure, it's about the distance you do as well. It's all about winning, like it's a race, you know. And she, she, you know, she won that, and then she won the uh, the forty eight hour as well, uh, six days in the dome. Um, so you know, they are technically wins, even if she hasn't thrown down the biggest numbers. Uh,
0: yes, yes, okay, that's that's a good point. And the winter desert solstice is. I, I think, to me, carries a little bit more weight than a, the win in the 48-hour at six days at the Dome. I, I don't know who she was racing there. I don't think it was much of anybody on the women's, you know, 48-hour field there.
2: But she did run the same distance as Olivier. Yeah. All right. That's a good point.
0: That's think, a good point.
2: I guess the takeaway would be, I think she I think she's, deserves the spot in the 10, probably. I, yeah, I think maybe you're right. I don't know.
0: All right. Okay. So second for me was Brittany, um, yeah. who we talked about. And uh, so that's going to be the big difference there. And like I said, I'll talk to Paul and see if if he thinks that that Spartathlon is worth as much as we think maybe it is. And if that's the case, then I completely agree. I don't know that I have her ahead of Brittany or Katie, but maybe she slots in fourth uh, ahead of Abby Hall. Um, she, she's
2: very much like Harvey to me. She had, she had a bunch of results that looked very good and I didn't know exactly what to do with them. Yep. Yep.
0: All right. And that leaves us what I think was, again, a pretty obvious number one for the women. Uh, I assume we all have the, what will now be fourth consecutive win for Courtney.
2: Yeah.
0: And again, I'm I'm not sure that there are going to be many other people giving their first place votes to anybody else. Just to recap Courtney's year, you know, obviously the the win and the outstanding course record at UTMB, um, you know, she really, I think, I, I I don't know that she necessarily would have been number one, or at least a, a unanimous number one until she went to Cape Town and, and dominated the field there. Uh, also Brilliant. course record at San Juan Solstice and first place overall at a couple of smaller uh, 50Ks. She does get dinged for, you know, the DNF at Hard Rock, did not have a great performance at Biggs by her standards by any stretch. But uh, I think on the whole, it's, it's hard to argue against that resume when, when I, like I said, I think that late season race at Cape Town really just cemented it and made it pretty obvious.
2: Uh, I, yeah, I don't have anything to add. I, you know, she wasn't maybe as as quite as good as in previous years. She didn't have as many quality maybe results. But, you know, when, when you're so good to start with, you can have an off year and, and still <laughs> you know, finish number one. Must be nice, right?
0: Right. So, yeah, looking back, actually, this will be her third straight uh, 2018, 2019. And, and and this year, Camille last oh, was the last person other than Courtney to win it in 2017. Yeah, she's got a little ways to go to catch up to... To, get, to catch up to Anne. Um, looking down at the, the rest of the, the previous winners for the women, I mean, this would tie her with Nikki Kimball with three, from what I can tell. Tie her with Ellie Greenwood with three as well. Um, and then, yeah, Anne with you know 12 is, is obviously gonna be hard to catch for an award that's been given out since 1981. This gives Courtney tied for the second most, assuming she she does get the win results are announced in the next couple weeks. Let's do performance of the year. Before we do performance of the year, let's do some snubs. I, I think we talked about a few of them, but again, this was a longer list, I think, than, uh, than on the men's side. I mentioned a few of mine, Christina Randrup, Leah Yingling. I had Stephanie Flippin. We talked about her. Micah Morgan, Hillary Allen had two very good results, uh, just a kind of a, a small resume, but um, I thought, you know, deserving of some consideration. Rachel Drake was in a similar Position for me, two very, very good results, two really world-class results. I think once she starts racing more than twice a year, I think she's going to be a mainstay on this list. Uh, Beverly anderson Abs, a perennial contender for this list with a couple of very good results as well. Arden Young, uh, Micah Morgan, we talked about. Anyone else?
2: I had Rachel and Hillary as well, but I I didn't have anyone else that I really, you know, seriously, I would say, considered for a spot. Yeah.
0: Phil, any other names you wanted to shout out before we do performance? The women's list
1: was
2: very hard to put together.
1: What's that? I think the women's list was very hard to put together yeah. actually. Yeah. There was no re- there's nothing that was like super clear. I mean, the good thing was the winner was clear.
0: Yes. But everyone else <laughs> you,
1: you could argue around in circles for days. Yes. Yes, agreed.
0: All right, performance of the year, I think the number 1 like on the men's side is going to be pretty obvious. I had Courtney at UT UTMB. I, I don't I don't think you can make any sort of argument that there's anything else on there. No. No. Okay. Uh, number two is going to get interesting, I think. What did you guys have? I have Camille. Which one?
2: The uh, 100
1: mile 1321. Okay. Phil? Uh, I got Sabrina Stanley at Hard
0: Rock. So I had Sabrina at Hard Rock, and uh, then I thought I'd sl- – I'm thinking about slotting in Des Linden's world record, 259.50K.
1: number three for me, yeah. That might be a good one to swap around, actually. Maybe that should be second and uh, Sabrina third. Yeah. That's that's how I have it. I have Des second and Sabrina third. Yeah. Okay. I think that actually probably makes more sense.
0: Fourth place I had... So I have Camille, and you could you could tell me either Javelina or Desert Solstice, but you can't have both. Um, <laughs> I'm leaning towards Javelina as, as fourth, as opposed to that run at Desert Solstice, which, as I said, just triggered me to no end. <laughs> Phil, who'd you have in fourth?
1: Uh, I got Marissa Lysak fourth place in Spartathlon. Okay. I had that, yeah, I had that like eighth. This
0: to me falls into the category of somebody has to win that race, right? Like, I mean, was that transcendent enough a performance to be better than, I don't know, some of these other ones that we're getting into?
1: Didn't she beat all of the American men that were there? Yeah. Let me just check. Yeah, she did, she did. OK, I, I'm,
0: I'm surprised. OK, I'm surprised you had her ahead of like Bev's Labs and, you know, a couple others that I had in front of her. Mince, who do you have fourth?
2: I have Sabrina fourth. OK,
0: right. Fifth place. I had I had Bev at Vol State in fifth, narrowly beating out Stephanie Case at uh, Tour de Glacier and Hillary at Madeira.
2: In fifth, I had Hillary's Madeira.
0: OK, yeah, I certainly could make the argument. Phil, would you have fifth? Uh,
1: I got Bev. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah, and so then, right? I had I had Marisa just behind Hillary and Stephanie. So it sounds like we're all close to agreement there. I, I, all right. Maybe maybe I'm underrating this
1: Spartathlon race. I, I got to talk to.
0: I, gotta I talk think to
1: this uh, tour de Glaciers thing is kind of hard to. I mean, was this the first year they'd done this particular race? Because it's like a, it's even longer than the regular. Tour de Jean, right? Yeah, I
0: think this was the was this the second year for Tour de Glacier, I oh think? The sec- yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it was the yeah, second yeah. year. Yeah, she was she was third overall uh, for whatever. Yeah, that's no, worth. it's impressive. I you mean, know. it
1: was it was amazing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it was just you know that was as much narrative as everything else. That was a cool story to follow since it went on for yeah. so long and there was a lot of posting about it. You know.
1: Yeah, you get a good like uh, YouTube thing on it. Yeah, it was pretty cool yeah. to watch.
0: Some other uh, yeah, I, I had I had Stephanie at Jackpot on my list in the top ten. I had uh, Sarah Beal's course record at the Promised Land 50K was was on there as well. She took out a, a nearly 20 year old re- record by Ann Riddle, a former Ultra Runner of the Year. So that's a that's a, a really st- strong course record. Not you know not a top five one for me, but um, but you know good enough to get a mention. Just to point out, Camille at Havelina that 1403 is a course record by nearly an hour over a record that Devin Yanko set um, in 2015, which was yeah. kind of at the, at the peak of her power. So to me, to me, that's a better yeah. performance than the desert solstice run. Um, yeah, I, I think you could, you could do a uh, coin flip on those two for me.
2: I think in that group, maybe the, the hardest for me to rate was Dez's run. I think I had her anywhere between second and fifth. I couldn't decide it wasn't really a competitive race. It, it wasn't designed to be, but it wasn't so dissimilar to Jim's hundred K. I thought maybe a little bit, but, but not so. I mean, her performance was extraordinary. We don't have a ton of other, you know, world-class female marathoners that have gone up to the 50K, I think. I think Des's result is almost exactly what you would have expected it to be. But at the same time, I don't think there's a single other person, you know, that we've talked about today that obviously could run that time. So I don't know. Is she two? Is she five? Is she off the list? I don't know. But, um you know, I think I ended up where there at three. I kind of split the difference, I guess I don't know. And it, for me, it couldn't be Courtney. It couldn't be Courtney, obviously. Yeah. other than that, I would say anything was fair game
0: yeah, I I actually had forgotten completely about it and almost had it off the list and then I was going back through and I'm like, holy crap, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I, I agree completely your, your your assessment of the the race and the you know competition or lack thereof was you know, spot on. I, I, for, for me, for performance of the year, when you're, when you're looking at a record like that, a fast time, I, I don't mind so much if it's a time trial type event, sure. you know, you sure. know, as long as it's, as it's, um, you know, Legit- meeting, right, yeah. meeting the, the established standards for world records and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah not, not very different from, from the Carbon X thing. And um, yeah, I mean, a, a world record, not a, cl- I mean, shattered the world record. And like you said, it's probably in line with what we should expect from somebody of Des's calendar, uh, caliber, stepping up in distance to the 50k but yeah. still it's not
2: like a one-class <laughs> runner like at the tail end of their career you know throwing their hat in for a 50k i mean Des is still a pretty you know she's still running very well so so that's not a shocking performance but i but i think it you know where is it is it, is it a 2 is it a 5 i don't know it's 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 awesome but but is she an ultra runner i don't know <laughs> i mean
0: sure by definition sure yeah, yeah by definition she is sure <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, I think we did it. I think we did it. That was uh, that was pretty good, and that was a, a little bit less contentious than I thought it might might be. I, I don't know if we're getting soft in our old age, or we're all getting yeah. smart. If Phil is figuring out well, how to do this whole this whole voting thing, I'm not sure.
1: I think the the main thing was the men's was pretty easy to sort out, and the women's none of us had a clue what we were doing, <laughs> so there was nothing to argue over anyway. So <laughs> good a place it kind of it to sum up. Out.
0: Exactly. Exactly. This, this was a lot of fun. This was a great way to celebrate our 100th episode. Thank you all for, for being here for 100 episodes or for however many you've been with us. We're so psyched to have you and hopefully we'll have you on for, for hundreds more. Mints, thanks for coming. This was really fun. Uh, always time. great to see you. And you want to do the draft in a few months? Sure, sign me up. Beautiful. We'll see you then. Thank you to everyone. A bit more contentious. <laughs> Thank you to everyone for listening. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up, the
2: years have been long enough, but I'm not dead. I'm happy now just to spend some time with friends and have a roof
0: above my head. I'm not faded, just been faded like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car, That's drove a little too far
2: and seen too much rain. As a child, I look about the landscape and wild wondermen. They ride the bus and feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there. I was still
1: young. I was still young.